Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. As you know, if you've read The Fun of Dying or other books about the afterlife, there is a tremendous amount of very good and entirely consistent information about death and the afterlife that's been developed in just southern England and the eastern United States over almost 200 years. For all I know, there could be many other sources in other languages, too, and maybe we'll learn something about that today. But when the question is whether there is life after death, where it all happens, and what it's really like, there's so much amazing and consistent evidence, just in English, and it comes from so many different times and places, that it is statistically impossible for what we have learned from the evidence not to be true. I'm going to say that again, in case you maybe weren't listening closely. There isn't even a need to believe anymore or to take any of this on faith. The evidence is in, it all fits together, and what it tells us is beyond wonderful. It doesn't matter that Christian authorities won't look at the evidence, and it certainly doesn't matter that mainstream scientists are stuck with being required to support the hopelessly outdated beliefs that matter is solid, consciousness is produced by your brain, and when you die, you're going to blink out like a light. None of that matters. All of that, by the way, is totally wrong. But none of that matters. All the evidence back for 200 years supports the certainty that your mind is eternal, and you can take that to the bank. There's so much really good evidence that what has long been needed was a great team to put it all together, and that dream team is our guests for today. Dr. Dennis Grega and Michelle Sabo are joining us for the second time. Dennis is a research psychologist, and he's a software developer by background, but his passion is studying the non-physical realities and life after death. His partner in this work is Michelle Sabo, who is a healer, creative director, writer, and teacher. And together, they founded AfterlifeData.com in 2009, AfterlifeLibrary.com in 2011, and Voices Across the Veil. Com in 2014. They built Voices Across the Veil as the world's largest ongoing study of the afterlife. Wow. And they say that what especially excites them personally about their work is that knowing the afterlife exists provides meaning and purpose for people in their daily lives. Boy, isn't that the truth? Today we're going to catch up on all of their news and they tell us there's quite a bit. Welcome, Michelle and Dennis. I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you, Roberto. It's so great to be here. It's really a pleasure. It's always so much fun talking to you. Thanks. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed having you here, too, and I'm so glad you're doing this work. I want to emphasize to everyone listening that this has really been needed because when I was doing all my studies, I'm not, nobody had collected anything. And I was astonished when Craig Hogan, with whom Michelle and Dennis work closely. Craig Hogan told me about them and how excited he was about their work. And I think you're going to be excited about it, too, by the end of this hour. So let's first talk a little bit about your histories, because not everybody probably has heard your previous um, interview on Seek Reality. So tell us a little bit about your past. What got you started on all this? 
Well, for myself, I've been doing this uh, probably my whole life. Uh, since I was a, a youngster, I started getting involved in various esoteric writings. Uh, even in the in the '60s, I was, uh, you know, reading Robert Monroe's book and and a number of books. I had quite a library actually, at, even during high school. So I've just continued on, and you know, even during my work life. Uh, just kept up with the reading, and, and finally, when we decided to uh, put together what we knew and, and what was out there, uh, it was it seemed to be the, the, the prime time to do that, uh, which was 2009 when we launched Afterlife Data. What about you, Michelle? Have you been doing it for a long time, too? Well, you know, probably I didn't come into contact with a whole lot of information the same way Dennis did. Um, you know, I kind of came at it more from, I was, you know, going to congregational churches all my life and everything and, you know, kind of searching for, you know, more meaning. And, um, you know, of course, found yoga and meditation and things like that. So I kind of came at it from that angle a little bit more. Um, and, you know, explored a lot of different things, um, you know, including, uh, you know, pagan beliefs and, you know, uh, druid beliefs and, you know, all types of different, um, you know, just kind of coming at my beliefs and, you know, from different angles and trying to understand, you know, what it all meant. And then when we started looking into all of the afterlife materials, everything kind of just came together and I went, wow, have I been looking in the wrong place? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think a lot of us had that feeling. Yeah. I, I'm older than the two of you and I was doing this work when nobody had written or done pretty much anything except right. at the early part of the 20th century we we did have some wonderful collectors of uh, what was being said through deep trance mediums that's where i got started and you know the very earliest uh, channeled uh, groups so um i guess i'm a little bit jealous that you had more to work with but on the other hand it's so <laughs> wonderful that you've decided other people need to have an easier way of finding this information. And everyone, I'm going to put all their uh, web addresses at the end of the materials for this uh, this this web webcast podcast because I want you to be able to easily go and check it out yourself. You don't have to do decades of work as other people before you have had to do because these wonderful people have done so much work ahead of time. Now, you told me that you were working on stuff, and I've been looking at the notes you sent me, and I'm kind of blown away. What is cross-correspondence across communication modality study? What is that? The idea behind cross-correspondence is to uh, show evidence that there's coordination in the non-physical with things that happen in the physical. So, for example, we're basically expanding upon the research that was done in the early 1900s, between 1901 to 1931, <clears throat> by the uh, Society for Psychical Research in Britain. Wow, where good. In 1901, uh, Frederick Myers, who had been a previous president of the society, passed away and started to communicate with a medium in, in India who received just these brief messages. Well, one of them also said to contact this medium in Boston and gave the exact address, and it turned out to be true. And, <laughs> and, and then wow. and previous presidents, Henry, Henry Cedric and Ed, Edmund Gurney, <clears throat> also apparently formed a group in the afterlife, 
And these were all classical scholars. So what they started to do is pass brief messages that were basically nonsensical to the mediums receiving it. But the Society for Psychical Research started to put this together, and they they actually made complete sentences or complete messages uh, when they started putting this mosaic of information together. At the end of it, after 30-some years, it filled something like 24 volumes, 12,000 pages of information, ah. and showed that... You know, there's obviously there had to have been some intelligence, non-physical, because the mediums were not classical scholars, and the information that was coming through were uh, bits and pieces of classical writings that, when you put them together, formed a message. And um, and so this went on for thirty some years. It, it covered, uh, I, I believe, there's over two dozen mediums that were involved. Uh, they were using automatic writing at that time. And so what they were able to, to basically demonstrate is that, um, you know, there was intelligences that were on, in the non-physical that were formulating a plan to, to show the world here that uh, information is being communicated not from within this world, but from somewhere else. And so what we've decided to do is to expand on that uh, we've, we've, during our Voices Across the Veil sessions, there's been a number of people that have either repeated the sessions or uh, their family members have been in these sessions. And we've no, also noted that um, some of the, the, the same deceased were coming through. So what we decided to do is, and, and this is in conjunction with, with Craig Hogan, is that we decided to see whether we could take different communication uh, modalities. And the modality in this case is mediumistic uh, information on one end. And then we also got a channeler uh, who was in contact with a more evolved entity or group of entities. Um, and to see whether the information would come through that would be identical across uh, subjects that were selected randomly from our, our group of Voices Across the Veil participants who provided us five names of deceased people that they knew. And then we randomly selected a target from each of these people and uh, wanted to see whether the target would come through across both medium and channeling uh, communication modalities. And what we're finding out, and we're still analyzing the data, we're still transcribing the uh, experimental sessions, which were held uh, from January through April. And what's interesting is it seems like the other side has decided to uh, modify our design. Uh, the targets, are, and this is, again, without having uh, the sitters actually scoring the videos, but just based on our transcriptions and viewing the videos is that not always the targets came through. However, in most cases, and this is uh, comparing channeling versus mediumship, the same deceased people were coming through. And not only that, but they were also supplying different pieces of information that as a whole, similar to what happened in, in the early 1900s, is that there are different pieces 
of information about that person's life coming through different mediums and through, through the channeler that when you put it together, it was the same person coming through the different experimental sessions. That's just based on our perception right now, having viewed the, the videos and, and done the transcriptions. Um, you know, obviously we still have to score it and do our statistical analysis, but it looks like, and, and I think the reason that the, the, the target didn't always come through is that, you know, we did a random number generator to, to generate who the target was going to be. And as we already know, not everyone in the afterlife is capable of communicating with those on earth. Um, there's, there's a learning process over there too for them to be able to come to earth and, and be able to talk with us here. Right. Uh, right, right. And so w we think that some of the targets just weren't uh, capable of doing that. So instead, the other side decided, you know, we have the five names, we're going to pick one that can communicate and that person's going to come through. And that seems to be what, what happened. Um, <laughs> See, this is so amazing. And what's really nice is that because different pieces of information are coming across different sessions with different mediums, uh, rolls out the possibility that the mediums were talking among themselves, you know. And, Absolutely. And, right? Yeah. So wow. that same information wasn't coming through. It was different information with the same person. So this is fascinating. Talk about um, this uh, this program that voices – Voices Across the Veil, that uh, we were using as the uh, basis for this experiment. Ta tell us what that is. Well, Voices Across the Veil started out in 2014 as just a simple research project, which involved small group sessions online with mediums. And we figured, okay, you know, this will be, you know, a great thing to do and you know, compare notes and, you know, see what kind of evidential information comes through and all of that. Well, then it started to grow and we said, okay, well, Voices Across the Veil doesn't need to just be small group sessions. And, you know, we started to expand and we now have something called Direct Personal Communication or DPC, which is another program that is done with individuals privately to see if they can make a communication themselves. So that is another whole research study that we're doing. And then, of course, you know, the study that Dennis just spoke about is also part of Voices Across the Veil. So any of these types of communication research studies are all part of our Voices Across the Veil programs. Wow. And people, yeah, and people can, you know, participate in them. We tried to keep the costs as low as possible. Um, the small group sessions, and it's a limit of six people per session. Those are just $40. The um, DPC private sessions, which are about an hour and a half. And as I said, they are just for, you know, one individual. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. And um, we actually have a summer special going on right now for $199 for those. Wow. So, That's yeah, great. So, Mm -hmm. And, and what, what is the um, record of, of participation, of, of the participants actually getting information, having their loved ones come through? Does that generally happen? That's the beauty of uh, yeah. the Voices Across the Veil program in the sense that we limit six people. So everyone gets a reading. Uh, you know, unlike, you know, large venues where yeah, right. that you're going to get a reading is very small, um, everyone gets a reading. and. 
what's interesting too is that after the first three years of doing this, we had about an 84, 85% recognition rate across all the sessions. Wow, that's great. It's up to 89% now. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, that, I mean, it, it'll never be 100% because <laughs> some people just are not in shape psychologically, emotionally to communicate properly with the people who happen to be there and not in bodies at the time. So um, I wouldn't, exp- it would be unrealistic to assume it would be 100%, but, but almost yes. 90, 90% is huge. Yeah. That's huge. Good for yeah. you. It really is, Roberta. And as a matter of fact, um, before we got on with you to do this interview, Dennis and I were talking about exactly this, that, you know, a lot of time, you know, it, it's great for people to be skeptical and they should be, right. you know, and, and you should also always have a healthy dose of skepticism in, you know, whatever you are looking at. However, there's all, you know, there's also the other side of that where you're so skeptical that, you know, you're blocking things. So I think there's absolutely a really, right. Yes. Yeah, there's a really important balance to be had there where, you know, you're you're skeptical and you're saying, okay, you know, let me, you know, do this with caution, and that's perfectly fine, and you should do that. But then, you know, when you start getting really evidential information coming at you and you start to go, Okay, well, I can't deny this anymore, then you have to start really saying, hmm, what's going on here, right? Yes, yes, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm the worst when it comes to being a skeptic. I just don't believe for a minute that you can communicate by mind with dead people. I'm sorry, that's how I am. And I have been, I have only found a very few mediums who can can um, actually bring through people to me, and yet they do a beautiful job of it. So I know that, I know it's real, Michelle, mm-hmm. but I still have trouble believing it. Isn't that stupid? No, no, it's okay. Uh, you know, it's, why not? You know, and, you know, listen, there are, I hate to say it, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, playing psychic and playing medium and that's they're you know, just full of bunch of, you know, BS and, right. you know, and that's really hard for people to discern, you know, what's real and what isn't. And that also is part of the reason that we started Voices Across the Veil because people started coming to us as afterlife data and saying, you know, where can I find a real medium? And we were like, well, you know, we don't know. Because I don't know anybody really who is extraordinary and I would recommend only somebody extraordinary and I don't know anybody who is, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to, well, I'll talk with you afterwards. I think I'm going to just suggest to people uh, who click on that tab, that poor pathetic tab on my website that yeah. they should go to you and or Sandra Champlain. She also mm-hmm. is getting excellent results with some very good mediums that she supplies sure. people. So the two of you, the two of you and, and, and Sandra hopefully can take care of the people who ask me these questions. I'm, that's Ooh. just occurred to me, and I'm going to do that. That's great. Well, that'll be our pleasure. You're very excited then about what's happening, and you're feeling this is all very promising work, right? Oh, goodness, yes. Um, um, people all around the world, uh, which is you know really nice because we can then start comparing the information from you know different parts of the world and we're finding similarities you know i mean the afterlife is the afterlife and that's right you know that's right. we're getting you know we're actually we want to expand voices across the veil and find uh multilingual mediums uh that you know they actually have to have you know english as as one of their primary languages but we want to be able to 
have people from you know uh, the the Spanish speaking countries. They, they we continually get emails asking for you know oh, yeah. to have you know these done in Spanish. Um, so you know we're we're now going to start canvassing for more mediums on the mediumistic side, uh, on the uh, direct personal communication side. What's interesting is that you know it looks like even people that come in with skepticism are having experiences. The issue, though, is that whether they should believe them or not. And that was one of the, the questions we were going to ask you in relation to how you discern whether a communication is coming from elsewhere or whether you're making it up within your head. Yeah, um, that's a very good question. And uh, for someone like me who is so skeptical, it's easier in a way because I just assume most of it is crap, even if um, I, it's a very well-recommended medium. So when something um, – I'll, I'll tell you a few things that really I, made me know something was real. Um, my mother had no eyebrows. She had no eyebrows. Uh, so every day she painted her eyebrows on. Now, nobody knew this outside the family. I'm sure maybe people could see it, but nobody knew it. Um, she died in 2012. And in 2015 or 16, um, I had a reading with a, with a medium. And that me, the, the medium w was giving me some bland things. And then she said, why does she keep pointing at her eyebrow? <laughs> oh, she just said, now I don't have to paint them on. I defy anybody to tell me there's oh, any way that could have happened if it hadn't been my mother talking. Right. Yeah. I believe that with, uh, that medium was terrific to this day. I don't know that she's still even in the in the in the work, but that was somebody who was in contact with my mother. If people get that kind of nobody else could have known it. It's a little quirky thing. Oh, here's another thing. My my grandmother's um, uh, married name was Ostergaard. And she was trying to give us her, maid, her her married name. Now, I defy anybody to come up with a way to say Ostergaard if you're trying to do it with symbols. Well, she did something I didn't even recognize at the time. That The medium said, oh, she, she doesn't have anything to say, but she's showing me an oyster. What does that mean? I said, I have no idea. I'm not sure she even saw an oyster. She was a farm wife. I realized afterwards she was trying to show me that as a symbol of Ostergaard. Why else would she show him an oyster? Again, I'm sure that was real. So if, if I tell people, if you're going to a medium and they tell you, um, you know, there's a male here to the left, uh, probably that means your mother's side. I think it may be an uncle or it could be a cousin. And he says he really misses you. You know that's crap, right? I mean, somebody just came up with that out of their head. Right. But if it's if it's my mother's message or my grandmother's message, you got to stop and think about that. Mm -hmm. There's no uh, there's no way that kind of a message could have come through. It is so specific. So the best mediums, I think, are evidential mediums that are able to coax the people that we love to come up with something so peculiar that we'll recognize it, but nobody else will. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, you've just confirmed for us exactly what we tell people as well. And um, the thing, these are ex the exact types of things that have happened during our Voices Across the Veil sessions, um, particularly in the small group sessions, which are, you know, mediumistic sessions. And some of the things that have come through, I 
people, you know, they can't close their mouth anymore. <laughs> you know, their jaws yeah. are like sitting on the floor going, how could they possibly have known yes. No way. Yes, right, right. You know? They can't, right. That's what's wonderful. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know that this, I, I know that they're alive. I know they're trying to communicate with us and give us evidence. That's, we, that's been proven. Mm-hmm. But the trick is to get that, that information to us in such a way that it's impossible to deny it. And it's very few mediums who can do that successfully. But you say it's been happening in your Voices Across the Veil sessions? Absolutely. Oh, oh, that's so exciting. I still remember that pool incident. Remember, oh, Michelle? Yes, I do. <clears throat> what? There was, there was an uncle that came through and, and was giving a number of uh, pieces of evidential information regarding the person's life and so forth and so on. And then all of a sudden, midway through, he just said, you got to check the pool. You got to go check the pool. You oh. know, and... Uh, the you know the medium is just saying whatever she's being told by him, right? And and she of course asked, I mean, do you have a pool? Well, it turns out a half hour after the the session, we got an email back from the uh, participant who said that at that point in time, the pool, the side of the pool had collapsed. Oh, oh. so they could certainly see his backyard while they're talking to him. That's interesting. That's good to know. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yes, that is. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. This whole thing is joyous. I mean, when when you said that that's what you love about this, that it makes people happy, that it makes them feel more confident they're going to survive their deaths. It is a wonderful area of work that you're in. Don't you feel that way? Don't you feel blessed that you can do it? Oh, Oh, it really is, Roberta. I mean, you know, we've had people tell us, um, well, here, let me just... um, read real quickly a couple of the uh, testimonials, if I could. Um, (coughs) The nature of the one reading and given the edge of grief and the transformation I am going through, it is truly life-changing. Yeah. These are from people who have, you know, attended sessions. Um, The readings were excellent. My own had many evidential statements. Uh, Listening to other participants' readings was uplifting and interesting. I immediately after the session, I asked my 16-year-old if she had written a poem or a song or letter to grandma after she passed. She was a little taken aback because it was something she had done and never told anyone. Oh, that see how beautiful. Validation. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So, and this is the kind of feedback that we're getting constantly on the session. So, you know, when you know that you have changed somebody's life like that, and all of a sudden, they have a completely different outlook, and they're going, "Wow, this is so much more than I thought it was." Isn't I mean, that you, beautiful? You yes, can't get any better than that, Roberta? You just no, that is so exciting. Oh, I'm so glad you're yeah. doing this. All right, I have another question for you because mm-hmm. this is something else I'd never heard of. In April, you say. In, in the email I got ahead of time, we launched the direct personal communication program using Dr. Jane Bissler's Loving Hearts Connection technique. What, yes. What's that about? It's based on, um, it's, it's something that Dr. Bissler has been, been doing for years. Uh, and she gave a presentation at uh, one of the uh, group gatherings, uh, Wendy's Amos group gatherings, and described the uh, the technique and uh, it came to my, my mind anyway that gee I wonder if we can adapt that online uh, it uses bilateral uh, stimulation techniques um, 
it's it's based on sound protocol used in, in the 80s uh, for uh, veterans that had uh, PSD TD syndrome and it worked very well, but uh, it was also discovered that sometimes there was connections being made through to people that were, you know, relatives that had been deceased. And um, Dr. Bissler has adapted her own, created her own technique. Uh, we adapted it to be able to use it online to see if we can actually um, see if people can, give, can make connections within a 90-minute time frame. And uh, and they have been. Um, it's uh, it's something that you know we just launched it's direct personal communication. We're finding that even people that are coming in with an open mind but still very skeptical uh, are also having connections. We did 18 uh, test cases prior to launching the program, and 17 of the 18 were successful. So now that we've launched it, we're you know. Everyone fills out pre- and post-session questionnaires so that we can find out what their experiences are. But we're also finding that people are having multiple experiences within the 90-minute sessions. And what's also interesting is that it seems to build each experience, uh, builds on the one previous to that, to where at the end there's like a, a complete picture of a message that's being given to the person uh, regarding maybe their own current life or something about the person that they wanted to communicate with and how they're doing. But it's uh, it's been an interesting process. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to ask you that question regarding uh, the, the distinguishing between, uh, you know, something that, you know, you think you're making up in your own mind and whether it's coming from uh, an, a different source is that... Uh, it seems that not everyone, um, you know, obviously, if you're a skeptic, you come in there and you have this experience, you still may have doubt. Okay, but what seems to be one of the distinguishing aspects is that the information's coming through that they would not normally have associated with that person or they can't yes. the previous experience that they had. So they're learning they're coming up with new information, and the question is, then they have to decide for themselves the source of that, you know? Yeah, I, and, and, and that's a very good question. Um, clearly, I had not thought about my mother's eyebrows in five or six years. Right. So it wasn't consciously any, and, and the whole notion of the oyster, I didn't realize till uh, probably a day or two later, suddenly, what my grandmother was doing, so... Those didn't, I didn't mentally sort of uh, telegraph those to the medium for sure. They came out of nowhere, but they right. were just very evidential. So uh, I, you're right. There, it's, even skeptical people can be convinced as long as they are reasonably willing to look at reality. And if something happened that there's no other way to explain, I think we've got to say, okay, that's amazing. All right, now – uh, tell me more about Dr. Bissler's technique, though. Suppose I came in and I was doing the technique. What would be my experience? Are people talking in the mind of the person who is undergoing this process? Or is this – how does – what is a session like, that 90 minutes? What, how does that work? They go through the technique. There's a um, – they go through a bilateral stimulation using a metronome. Um, basically to take their mind off of their, their own thinking and to allow themselves to open up. 
Um, it, it's done in segments. Um, Dr. Bissler works out kind of the count, uh, gets them in a very relaxed state, and, um, and then starts to speed up uh, the, the process where they start experiencing um, it could be anything from, you know, colors to uh, environments that they're not familiar with to actual communication with, with you know, loved ones that they, they wish to speak with. And uh, what we've been finding is that the information has been, um, like I said, it builds. It, it may start the first segment, uh, the first experience may be very kind of light and and not quite interpretable uh, by the person. And then she takes them through the process again. And then some other pieces of information come through or another type of experience by the, by the end of it. And it, sometimes, like I said, they can have up to, at least it seems, up to four experiences uh, within this 90-minute uh, segment or time frame. Um, they, it seems like there's a total message being given and that there's something that is very particular to them, very specific, something that, that deals with their own life, something that gives them information. But they have to ultimately decide whether it's real or not. I mean, that's where yeah. the, the ingrained learning of not trusting, you know, the thoughts that come in or the visions that you see in your mind, you know, uh, you know, the imagination has been downplayed in this society for a long time. And um, and it's the imagination that actually makes things happen. Uh, yes. Isn't it, is it, it's really interesting to me that more and more people are finding that to be true. I love having you just said it. Um, uh, Peter Wright is a, a regression therapist and actually a, a, just a general therapist who uses hypnosis in very powerful ways. And I'd say probably more than anyone else who's ever been on Seek Reality, he's almost built his career around people who have called him, having heard about him on this program. Mm. And uh, one of the things he, he has told me is it's really all your imagination. It's yeah. true. It's real. But what we think of as imagination is much more solid and real and important uh, and deeper and, and more of a way of communicating than we ever dreamed. Yeah. And that's very freeing, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's uh, really the way that you actually make the, the contact. It's uh, allowing, it's projecting your consciousness to areas that you've never gone to before. And that's how they make the connection with you. Um, it's opening a channel. Um, you know, we use the term imagination, and it's almost it's, it's almost too bad because of the way that it's been downplayed. Yes, yes, it's used as a, just as a mindless toy when in fact it's quite the opposite. It's very powerful. It's amazing. But we're learning in this short, short period of time. I feel it's so exciting to be part of this, I have to say, and hearing all the good work that you all are doing and Peter's doing and so many other people. So you still have sessions in September, right, that people could sign up for if they were interested in seeing, learning more about all of this? Absolutely, yes. We have, um, well, we have ongoing sessions all the time. Um, we did extend the summer special for the direct personal communication sessions um, of 199 through September. So 
Um, we have, I believe right now we've got four openings in September. So that's great. That's wonderful. So, um, this is something which anyone who is just curious, what's great is you don't have to go anywhere. It's all, it's all from the comfort of your home, but anyone who's interested in exploring, this is a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. Now you talked about some work in progress and I have to hear about these things too. Channeling project. What is that all about? The explanation you gave in your email is exploration of non-physical reality by evolved non-physical entities. If you yes. could, if you can get some evolved non-physical entities to do some exploration and tell you what they're seeing, wow, that would be wonderful. That's actually the point, you know, in terms of the uh, voices across the veil sessions. Um, you know, the people that come through are generally close still to the the earth plane um yes when you when you pass you still have the same beliefs the same uh desires the same yeah. uh, understanding that you had when you were on earth so what we wish to do is to bring together a group of um accomplished channelers that are in contact with entities that may or may not ever have incarnated on earth but can uh, provide us with information about the non-physical realms to a greater degree than than those that you know have recently passed from from the earth plane what uh, a good idea that's and, great I, I can't wait to see what you learn from that well we're putting together question sets that um We'll delve on specific, uh, you know, uh, subjects regarding the afterlife and regarding non-physical reality. And what we hope to do is to have uh, at least three channelers where each will delve into the same subject matter and then allow us to compare the information coming from the different That's great. Yeah. And so, well, you know, just provide even more information regarding what the non-physical is like, because, you know, we're one small atom uh, in in the universe uh, among many universes. So, yes, (laughs) right. (laughs) that's all right. We're important. We're very important, even though we are. You're right. A relative speck in, in a great ocean of reality and truth that we cannot even imagine, but still we're an important one. I love that. That's great. I can, when, when will we be doing that project? Well, you know, we wanted to get it going, uh, you know, over the, the course of this year, but with the, uh, the correspondence study and with various, you know, we launched the new uh, Voices Across the Rail uh, redesigned website. And, uh, you know, we, we had to make some changes due to, to things that have happened to the website uh, through outside sources that um, it, it actually delayed us a bit. So we're hoping that uh, over the before the end of the year we can get the championing program launched and get right. that going. We have right, one, wanna... one channeler right now. Super. That's, that's great. All right, I'm going to want to hear more about that next time. And the other thing you said you were about to work on was called the Soul Assistance Project, Exploration yes. of the Drop-Ins Phenomena. Explain the Drop-Ins Phenomena. Yes. What is that? Michelle, do you want to talk about that or do you want to? Yeah, no, that's okay. I, you know, you can certainly add to it. Um, but 
you know, during our other sessions, uh, our other Voices Across the Veil sessions, you know, we've had these, you know, people just kind of, you know, appear in these sessions and, you know, they're not recognizable, but, you know, clearly they, you know, are looking to communicate and looking to, you know, I, we don't know if they're looking to be helped or just want to be heard or, you know, what it is. So um, the thinking was that, you know, let's start to really communicate with these people and find out, you know, what it is that they need. Um, and I, I, I use people in, re, you know, in replacement of, you know, souls, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, they, they just don't happen to have bodies at the moment. But right, right. They're people um, all the same. So, you know, it, it's great to be able to help people who are here, you know, communicate with others who have crossed and to help them make communications. But how about those people that are not being heard from the other side? Right. You know, what is going on with them? Um, you know, how can we help them? So that was part of the thinking with the soul assistance program. There's two aspects here, though. One, is, uh, one not only helping them based on what it is that they, they want, but we also want to get evidence for who they are and where they yes. were on earth and who they know so that we can validate that. Uh, they need to give us enough evidence so that we can make contact with those still here on earth to validate their information. And so, um, so there's two parts of this. One is, you know, if they're earthbound and they're looking for help, we want to give them help through this program. At the same time, we want to be able to validate they are who they say they are. Uh, and so they need to give us information. That Absolutely. We can... That's a great idea. This is, this is wonderful because every time you go at what really is um, an, a massive area of unknown information, every time you go at it, you come up with a different way to pull truth out of it and show people yeah. the truth. The, yeah. the more you do that, the more certain you are to make, make it impossible for it not to be true. We already know it's impossible for it not to be true, but a lot of people are slow learners, and you can very much help people to finally get past their last doubts by continuing to do what you're doing. I love it. It's wonderful. Thank you so yeah. much for what you do. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, you know, you know, you're absolutely right, Roberta, that, you know, there's, there's just so much information out there. And that was, you know, part of the impetus for us to even start what we started over 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, to be able to just, you know, help people give them that jump start and, yes, you know, get going and, you know, starting to understand this and then see more and more evidence, because the more this is part of, every, you know, people's everyday lives and they start to really understand it and they're no longer fearful of death and what that means, it becomes a whole different life. Yes, it's what it is. You're right. It, it does change everything. Yeah, it so, really does. All right. These are the these are the websites. Afterlifedata.com is the largest database of afterlife description and analysis on the Internet. Afterlifelibrary.com is the largest library of afterlife books on the Internet. Voicesacrosstheveil.com is their arm which is experimenting with, and actually you all can participate. Everyone who is interested can participate very inexpensively, get to talk to your own, probably your own loved ones, but also produce valuable data that is going to bring closer the day 
when everybody knows this, these glorious, glorious truths. I'm going to put all of these um, links in the, in the materials so that you can, anytime you like, you can just go and get started. But if you just want to read for a while, um, there's more reading than you can imagine uh, on this subject just in those few places. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Is there anything you want people to know just briefly because we're coming to the end of our time? Yeah, actually, there's a couple of things, Roberta. I'd like to just point out that afterlifedata.com is completely free. There's no payment wall. You just go there and, you know, grab your tea or whatever it is that you're drinking that day and sit down and start reading. And it will take you some time to get through it. So don't expect it to be a one shot deal. <laughs> but even better, the more information, the better. That's yeah. That's um, you know, Afterlife Library, of course, is, you know, we've tried to collect books that we think are important books to be reading. Um, you know, we're trying to update that as much as possible. Um, you know, it's just there's a lot on there right now. What do we have? Right. Almost 3000 books. Dennis? Yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and, and we know that there's a lot more that we have to get up there. Um, so, you know, and again, that is free to browse so that, you know, again, there's, you know, no paywall, just go there and enjoy. Um, we, you know, voices across the veil, of course, you know, those are research sessions, you know, we pay our mediums a small stipend for their time. Um, we take a little bit of the money, you know, from that, you know, to help our time on the research. Um, but really the cost is super, super low. So we're hoping to make it available to as many people as possible. Um, and then, you know, for people who are really interested in supporting this work on an ongoing basis, which we hope, you know, we can interest people in this, um, we do have a Patreon page. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash afterlife data, we have a lot of information up there that people can listen to and read through. And if they like to, you know, they can be a monthly contributor to the work, which we would right. really Perfect. appreciate because it really yeah. helps us continue to do the work. We're going to have to get more more uh, money into this because I I do think you're right that it's very important to be able to do all these things without having to be um, uh, constrained by the the cost of it the, the financial situation. We are almost at the end of our time. Very quickly, um, anything, Dennis, that you want to say? Oh, just that we're we're open to any kind of correspondence. I'm Dennis at AfterlifeData.com. Michelle is uh, Michelle at AfterlifeData.com. We like to hear from. Whoever, if you have questions or you want to have a dialogue, you know, write to us at any time. We, we respond very quickly and we like oh, we to. We try to. Yeah, we try to. I know. It takes me a few days sometimes, but I get, I get so many and I'm so happy every time I see that someone else has honored me with a communication. That's really how oh, it feels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I just think you folks are wonderful. About six months from now, we'll be doing this again, and I can't wait to hear what's new. <laughs> great. Thank you so much thank for you. being here today. Thank and you. everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you heard this. Isn't this been fun? Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, everything changes for the better. Next week, our guest will be Aaron McCormick. Aaron had what we would think of as a rather unpromising start in life. He was raised by a single mother on the south side of Chicago. He had almost no education, no advantages at all. 
You'd, you'd think he didn't have any hope, but quite the opposite was true. His business career took off when he was in his early 20s, and he earned millions as a very successful corporate enterprise software salesman. This is one smart guy. He even ended up with an MBA, despite the fact that he never earned an undergraduate degree. And he tells us his two big secrets are empathy and joy. Empathy and joy. <laughs> You're going to love this young man. He wrote a book that is called Unbounded Journey to Your Inner Within. And he's going to tell us how basically any of us using his secrets can make an amazing success of whatever we're trying to do in life. So please join us next week for some really inspiring conversation. And of course, this week, it's been wonderful. We've been talking with Dennis Grega and Michelle Saba, who have been talking with us with us for the second time, but certainly not the last time. These two tireless afterlife researchers were, were found by, you didn't know you didn't exist, I guess, until you found you, but Dr. R. Craig Hogan kept talking to me about them, and finally I said, okay, I'm going to meet them. And I have to say, I am so bowled over by the fact that they're doing this work and doing it so beautifully. Um, I love these folks. Think about this. We're going to have them back every six months, and every six months they're going to have something new and exciting to tell you about how they're coming closer and closer to make it impossible for you not to know that your life is eternal. What more wonderful thing could they do with their lives than that? As you know, my nonfiction books are, well, you know what they are. And they're all available on Amazon. They're available through bookstores if you order them. And all of the the adult books are available also as audiobooks. I read the audiobooks. I love doing that. I'm, we're soon going to put out another one, and I get to do another audiobook. If you want to talk about anything at all, any of my books or anything, just please contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. Today I was answering some that were three days old, which is annoying to me. I try to make it every two days, but um, I always answer. Just make sure to give me your correct email address. It's been lovely to be with you today. But now we've come to the end of our time, so I have got to just say this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the whole universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.